welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Line Brawl Podcast. Coming to you, as always, from Toronto, I'm Chris, but our social media guru is actually working a little bit remotely right now. Jimmy G, tell the people where you are. Beautiful Saint-Sauveur, Quebec, just uh, an hour north of Montreal. So if I sound funny, it's because I forgot my podcast mic. What's going on? So, uh... We've got a lot to talk about, though, Chris. Hopefully I sound fine. Yeah, we do. We think uh, we would be remiss to not do a podcast this week because it is playoff time, one of the most exciting times of the year. Not every matchup Bazinga. has been... Yeah. <laughs> That's the level of excitement we're all trying to strive yeah. for at this point, I think. Not everything is solidified. Obviously, the West, as the time that we're recording, still has a little bit to figure out. But we're going to talk about the majority of them. And, of course... You know that we're going to start and talk about the majority with the big matchup that everyone wants to talk about. The Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Montreal Canadiens. I don't think I've ever been more excited for a playoff series in, in um, recent memory. How much time do we need to spend on this? This might be... This, this could be quick work for, for Zip. Montreal's for, getting out of there. <laughs> We could move on to the next one. Yeah, you think that's just like we're done? No. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm always, I, I know that like with a lot of people that they're not really giving Montreal a big chance here. And I don't really understand why, to be perfectly honest with you, when you have a rivalry that's as good as the Habs and the Leafs, there's no way that anyone's going through through a sweep. It's not happening. I mean, it's possible. So Leafs probably have the best team they've had in the last, I don't know, uh, I can't 30 remember. years, I can't 40 remember. years. I can't remember a better team. So they are 7-2-1 and one against the Habs this year. Pretty good. Habs, at the same time, have been having very shitty luck with their injuries this year. I mean, we're talking Gallagher. We're talking Shea Weber. We're talking Carey Price. And obviously Carey Price isn't... The goalie hasn't had the season he always wants, but he, that makes a big difference. Jake Allen's been struggling lately. Gallagher is just a spark plug on the team. I'm excited to see what we can do once we get those boys back. I, I just, I know that, it's like you said, like on paper, I don't think I've seen a better Leafs team. And Austin Matthews, like I don't know a better, like even at this point, I think he's probably the most talented player the Leafs have ever had, I think at this point. And, you know, I think everyone's probably under the impression that Toronto's going to go through. But there is always that part of me. Because the Leafs significantly have failed in times of pressure. And I think that if they lose this series... I mean, what are the repercussions of the Maple Leafs losing this series in the first oh, round? Oh, God. I haven't even thought that far ahead. Oh, that makes me so happy to think about it. <laughs> 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 the whole fan base just turning on them in one second, man. You gotta check out their Reddit page when uh, when they, the the game thread on the Reddit page. Right. They will they will turn on their team in a second, and then it's all just from pure love to pure hatred. It's because they're not real fans. They don't know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you just throwing flames right away into this. You gotta this. you gotta stick with your boys through thick and thin, and the second they see like tough signs ahead that they just jump ship. And let me tell you, like this is like the easiest time that the Leafs have been through. And I've got to tell you, 
in Toronto right now, as a as an outside, as a non-Leafs fan looking into it, I gotta tell you, man, no one's comfortable right no, now. No, no, no. That's the that's the thing. They really wanted to play Winnipeg. Oh yeah, big time. Big they time. really wanted that. They really wanted that series because you just don't know what's gonna happen. And this is the biggest stage they could have set for themselves. And they don't like the pressure. Yeah. And it's like we talked about, just like with the idea of goaltending and everything like that. I think it's really maybe the only advantage that Montreal probably has on paper in this series if Price is ready to go. And the thing about this is, like, I know Price has been struggling recently in the regular season. But, I mean, this is still a guy that can steal a series if he wants to. Yeah, for sure. Um, But you got to look a little further down. I mean, you've got to score goals eventually, and Habs haven't really been able to do that, especially against the Leafs. It's Suzuki. Suzuki's the whole team when you, when they play the Leafs every time. Kokanyemi, no points in the last 11 games. Yeah. That is a, that's a tough one. No goals in the last 23. Yeah. Romanov has not looked good He's lately. I mean, I loved how he looked at the beginning of the season lately. I think minus 11 in the last 12 games. He's playing with John Merrill, who... Uh, has been man, terrible. Terrible. He's been, he's been terrible. Oh my I mean, god! What did you expect? He they went to go pick up a sixth defenseman, or I guess a sixth defense. Was he playing sixth defense for t- Detroit? Like f- uh, maybe fourth yeah. or fifth? Yeah, like, he was a three-four. Like, guy what do you Detroit, expect? Probably. Yeah, what do you expect? Um, he that hasn't been helping out Romanov, but um, yeah, I mean, Kokaniemi went through struggles late last season and then really turned it on for the playoffs. So I'm hoping he can do the same this year. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, obviously, <laughs> I, should, I should right away say, we've expressed a lot of doubt. I'm, I'm still picking the Leafs to go through. I think they're going to win in seven. That's because you're a coward. That's why you pick that. You think I, seven? I think seven games. I think Montreal will yeah. make it a series. It's 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 the it's the rivalry. There's no way you're not walking away from this series, going zero like going four zero. You're not doing it. No, I I'd honestly guess um, Toronto in six, Toronto in yeah Toronto in six makes the most sense. But oh my god, I'm, wow. it's possible. The fair weather, like the Habs fan is giving. His team less of a shot than I am at this point. Um, at this point. Oh, I've just watched. That. I've just watched how they play against Toronto. They, Toronto seems to be able to shut them down pretty easily. <laughs> like yeah. in all honesty, I'm a, I'd love to see them win, but yeah. uh, they need a lot of guys to pick it up. Yeah, and uh, so I think it's fair to say, like we we want to see. I think we're both very interested in seeing Montreal win. I think we are probably going to be watching every game with high intent, with a keen eye, because this is going to be an awesome series. But, I mean, I think Toronto can do it this time. I think they can finally get out of the first round. Yeah, and then let's get super ahead of ourselves. I think they play Oilers in the next round. Oh, okay. Well, if you're going to move on, I understand that we're going to move from Winnipeg to Edmonton. Winnipeg... I mean, if you want to pick a team that's been playing worse than the Habs in the North Division, look at the Winnipeg. I mean, what a fall from grace these guys have. I mean, who would have thought they've Nick only Ehlers... been able to beat Vancouver? And uh, yeah, how long has Ehlers been out for? I mean, he's been out for a few, but at the same time, it's like I think Craig Button did talk about it on TSN, where he's just like, if Nick Ehlers is the glue to this team, like this is a poorly structured team, 
and I don't know yeah. what to I don't know what to say about them to be perfectly honest with you. I think they've got the second best goalie in the NHL. I think that they've got you know an excellent top 4. That's and, the I mean, thing. Carter score. Carter Hellebuck is who do you think's the best goalie in the NHL? You say he's a top 2 or second uh, best? That belongs to Andre Vasilevsky. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um I think Hellebuck, it's... man, Hellebuck has looked unstoppable some games. And then just like you're not going to beat him, and that gets in players' heads. So, I mean, it's possible, but Oilers are looking good, and they're looking like they're ready for some playoff hockey, baby. I mean... But, uh, yeah, what were you going to say? I was just going to say Craig Button's a dumb piece of shit, as he said. <laughs> no. <laughs> he said Habs wouldn't win a game. No, no, but... no, no. Uh, I was going to talk about... Uh, I think this is, like, an interesting thing, because I think Connor McDavid is a good enough player to single-handedly win playoff series at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk to you a little bit about it, because they talked about it, where they talked... McDavid was on pace for a 155-point season. Yeah, it's absurd. He scored I mean, 31 points in the last 11 games. Yeah, it, I mean, I he, I have nothing to add on this. It's a, it's absurd. He's a cheat code. It's, it's, so it's like, it's such fascinating company that he's in because you look at guys who, like, the pace that he was able to keep, the only people that kept a 155-point pace at that point and finished the regular season with it were Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Steve Eiserman, and Connor McDavid had that. Like, he has the pace entering the playoffs, right? What are you supposed to do with that? Yeah, he's playing the best hockey of his career and at the perfect time. Oh, I don't man. think Winnipeg's going to be able to shut it down. But as good as he's playing right now, as much as he can win a series, as much as Connor McDavid can win a series, Mike Smith has potential to lose a series. I mean, I've seen the work that he was done. He took Arizona to the conference finals, you know, and I get that that's, that was, you know, not a great sample size. What, in 2011? Yeah, way back. And yeah, so no, it's, 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 it's hard, right? Because, you know, you're still looking at them and you're kind of examining the Edmonton Oilers as a team and they just have the skill to get it. But do they have... Do they have the people around them? Like, do they have the veterans? Do they have people who have playoff experience that are able to really guide them through a process like this? Because really, I mean, not, let's not forget, McDavid's only been to the playoffs twice. Both times, very unceremonious exits. They collapsed against Anaheim, and then they basically collapsed against Chicago as well. In the bubble. Oh, you're counting the bubble? Because, yeah, I was like, he's, he's only been once, and that was the, when they made it to the second round. And then all the TSN analysts, including Craig Button, said they would be in the Stanley Cup Finals next year. <laughs> and then they didn't make the playoffs. Um, nope. But it, it is strange. You thought that they were, I thought they were trending up after that. But, yeah, so basically one playoff appearance for McDavid, and he turned it on that time. And let's see if he can do it again. I think that's yeah. going to be right. – what do I have? I have a – What do you have him in? Uh, in five. I have Edmonton in five. Okay. I've got Edmonton in six. So okay. pretty close. I think I think Winnipeg will pull it together a little bit, but I think it's a little too late for, at this point. Okay, next one. Pittsburgh, New York Islanders. I'm very excited for this series. I think the Metropolitan series are some of the most exciting, both Pittsburgh and New York Islanders and Washington-Boston. Two really great, great series. I mean, Pittsburgh have really had a resurgence this year they're back baby in terms of 
how many man games has like Malkin not been a part of? They've been like des like they've been destroyed by injury consistently, and they're able to keep pace in what I think is maybe the most the best division in the NHL right now. Yeah, like Crosby's gonna be third place in Hart Trophy voting probably. Crosby's just done it again. Yeah, Malkin hasn't been there for Mal Malkin's struggled a little bit throughout the season, but oh my god, Crosby's been Sidney Crosby. And I remember the last time yeah. they came into the playoffs trending this in this direction and they just couldn't be stopped and made it all the way yeah. to the stanley cup yeah i mean it's the same thing because we talk about like I, I i obviously mcdavid is like the new toy for the nhl so people kind of fall by the wayside the guy's like 33 34 still getting about almost 68 points in a 56 game season like he's still incredible like he's still over a point per game player he's still like creating this monumental impact with this team and quite frankly you got to think about it the only main reason why Sidney crosby doesn't have more points than a guy like maybe Connor mcdavid i know Connor mcdavid would pass him still but Connor mcdavid has to have 100 points in 50 games for edmonton to succeed yeah exactly and uh well there's a lot you know, to say like about the, the 200 foot game of crosby also and the intangibles oh, of Sid the Kid, oh, man. but um, but yeah, that that's a great point. They don't have nearly as many weapons as Pittsburgh, and then when you add that plus Sidney Crosby, they're going to be a dangerous team. Yeah, plus he's got a fat ass. He does have a fat, thick booty, which Connor McDavid does not. So, which I I think that's also a disadvantage for McDavid. Yeah, put that put that as a point for Crosby in that debate. Connor McDavid not thick, not a thick. Not a thick poppy yet, but yeah. hopefully with time. Yeah. He's got to hit the gym a little bit. Um, I don't know why I still don't trust the Islanders. I think that they haven't done anything to show me that they can't beat Pittsburgh. You know but what? I, as much as I've just... Yeah, go on. Go on. Sorry, I, I, I was going to interrupt you. I'm just so... I, I just have such a hard time betting against Pittsburgh. You know? I think that they have so many good pieces that they're able to consistently bring to the table i mean the depth that they have the coaching that they have man i think their goaltender is like tristan jari at this point they're able to have such excellent turnover throughout all of this and throughout that it's just being able to compete consistently and i mean the islanders i think varlamov has been great i mean their decor is great let me get my notes back up here Islanders, they're good at hockey. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not what my notes say. Um, they say New York Islanders in six. This is my first sweep, baby. And guess what? Islanders, they've looked good all season. They shut down teams. I think they're destined for the second round. I think after that, it's going to be tough to beat either Washington or Boston because they're going to be rolling. But hmm. I'm trusting I'm trusting Islanders to shut down the boys. Sorry. How many games did you give them? I said Islanders in six. Oh, six. I thought you said they were sweeping. I'm just like, you are... I'm a damn a fool. <laughs> uh, that's a fair one. I get that. I really like... I mean, I think a guy that is also could be a potential game changer. I mean, if people who've watched Islanders games has seen the progression of how good Matthew Barzell has become, too. Like, wow, what an absolute unit on that team. Right? Yeah, he is. He's got that thick, mm. thick lower half. Back to that thick legs, thick booty. <laughs> I don't have my pop filter, so 
hopefully it pops when I say booty. (laughs) (laughs) It's the advantage, you know what I mean? Oh, but... Yeah. Man, I don't know. Six games for the Islanders? That's not a bad... I think I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say Pittsburgh in seven. I think New York is going to give them a big run for their money. I still... I'm not betting against Pittsburgh just yet. I think they still have a lot to offer. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. That was my, I think, only upset. So uh, yeah. let's keep going. Washington, well, again, Boston. Who's who's the upset in this case? That's the, the fascinating thing because these are two of the most evenly matched teams in in this, well, Pittsburgh, in this playoff race. Who Pittsburgh? Washington. Washington. Boston. Oh no 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 yeah yeah I was talking about the last one but yeah mm-hmm. I I have toss up I literally I wrote toss up I wrote uh, Washington in seven but it. I would not be surprised at all if it was Boston in seven or six. I mean, I don't think I can even provide any analysis to distinguish these two teams. You know, they're, they're, I mean, they're they're both built for playoff hockey. They both have great coaching. They both have a ton of veteran leadership and a ton of playoff experience, a ton of cup winners, right? Yeah, and size. They're both big teams, and uh, they're both rolling also. Yeah. Washington's won their last couple ever since they got ever since Boston got Taylor Hall. They've been winning a bunch of games. Like, oh, think about the Caps with Anthony Mantha too. The guy's been on fire since he's been here, right? Like, yeah, that's just some more size for an already huge team. Yeah, I'm gonna say Washington in seven two. I think Ovechkin coming back for that last game is gonna just be so helpful for them going into the playoffs. They're gonna get a little spark. I think they're gonna get ahead of it, and I think whoever gets ahead of this in the playoffs is just gonna they they have to take this series. I, I, mean, I didn't I know think... Wash. I didn't even know Ovechkin was injured. Yeah, just for a little bit. He came back after the final game, and I mean that's a huge boost for one any of those team. injuries. Hey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know those ones. Um, so you, we're both saying Washington and seven. Washington and seven. I think that one's. And here's my easiest one. This upcoming one, and that's uh, Carolina Nashville. I think this is the only one that has a potential for a sweep. I think. I mean, Carolina's been incredible. Like they, th- this this team has been. They've got everything, right? Yeah. They've got like an exceptional top six. Their defense is amazing. Their goaltending's great. I mean, R- Rod Brindamore, I think, could still play hockey if you've seen his bod. This guy is like an absolute machine, both behind he's the bench and in the gym. And he's got that gel yeah. hairstyle that he just goes straight up. That means he means oh, yeah. business. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's yeah. like they, they've just had crazy, like, I mean, think about the units that, like, Carolina has, right? Like, Svechnikov, they've got Aho, they've got Dougie Hamilton. They've probably got the best. Yeah, pro- Slavin, like. Probably the best decor in the league, if not oh, yeah. top three. They, uh, goaltending was their only, their only, like, iffy situation. Who's their starter right now, do you know? I think currently the guy who's putting in the most work is like Alex Dedelkovic, who you might remember from the World Juniors a few years ago was the U.S. national goaltender. But this is what I mean, right? When you have a team like Carolina, and it's the same thing with Pittsburgh, they're just, everything seems to work out. Because if you look at Pittsburgh too, their starting goaltender is Tristan Jari. And he's Yeah, I mean, he's, he's sort of proven himself over the last two seasons. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he's he's obviously when you play behind guys like Flurry and Murray for as long as he does, you get like a ton of experience, right? But it's a sign of a good organization, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, in my notes I wrote rinsing, dummying, and for for nothing, but maybe four one. Yeah, I say Carolina in five. I think Nashville gets one just for divisional sake, but I don't think anything crazy. I actually wrote Nashville in five also, so I'm gonna copycat you. Yeah. You mean um, Carolina? Carolina in five, right? Sorry, sorry, Carolina in five. Don't confuse me. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> We're doing a podcast right now, okay? <laughs> um, Florida, Tampa Man. Bay. Excited uh, for that speaking one. Speaking of some pretty cool series that we're going to talk about. I'm very intrigued by this one because I haven't Did watched you not... any of the games. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't really watched um a lot. I watched a lot of Florida at the beginning because I, I knew they were actually winning games and I like to see what a good Florida team does. And uh-huh. uh, they they were they looked good. They looked pretty unstoppable. I uh I bet a lot of money on them. And I won some money on them. So Really? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> One of the few teams that I actually won money betting on. Oh, but, wow. uh, the Florida Panthers, really? I said um, Tampa Bay in six. And Tampa Bay, I mean, I thought they were as good of a chance as any for a repeat at the beginning of the year. And they haven't really shown me that they can't do that yet. They're getting Kuchu back. They're getting the Kuchu. Yeah, he's he's ready for game one. Yeah, he is. Oh, how convenient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I actually just feel great right now <laughs> for game one. <laughs> he's literally just like the next year. It's like figure out a same neck injury so I can just come back <laughs> for the playoffs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think they'll do it again. I don't think they'll win the cup again. I'm sorry. I think they'll, they'll make it. For, they'll go on another run again. So yeah. they're making it past the first round, unfortunately. I think, uh, yeah, Florida, I again, it's just the same thing with me. It's just very hard to bet against Tampa Bay. This is a team that's been kind of really resting a nagging injury for Stamkos. So Stamkos has been out the past few games as well, which means that starting game one, they're getting back both Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos to play this team. And I think it's it's just too much. These guys are just... There's no, there's no holes in this team. Victor Hedman is still, like, I think... The, a top two defenseman in the NHL, you know, Victor I, I Hedman I is a top five player in the NHL, if not a top three player in the NHL. Like, yeah, people don't realize how like important he was to that cup win. He was yeah. shutting the guys down. He was logging like thirty five minutes a game. That's wrong, but he's lo- like, <laughs> he was just. You can't get past him. You'd watch teams try to skate around him. You just can't skate around him. He's actually a great skater, and he's six six with that huge stick. He's yeah. a cheat code, also. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I, what my favorite thing is, like, you know, they're probably not even gonna start Bobrovsky, right? For Florida, they're gonna do Chris Drieger, probably. I don't even know anything about that man. Do you well, know what you do about need to Chris Drieger? What I do need to know is that it's a pretty damning uh, feat for a goaltender who's making $10 million a year to not be starting game one of the yeah, Stanley that, Cup playoffs. That just teaches you, especially, well, first of all, you never sign a goalie to a like high-paying contract because you never know how yeah. they're going to play. And then you never, ever sign a goalie to a high-paying contract if he hasn't played a game on your team yet. The defense score makes such a big difference to how a goalie plays and how he's going to feel there. It makes no sense to sign him out of fucking Columbus. 
he's also he's got a full no move for the next five years <laughs> he's chilling in florida he doesn't give a fuck like bobrovsky's already won in his eyes he doesn't need to go oh, to the for playoffs sure. he for sure oh man oh yeah so what do we think i'm thinking yeah i'm gonna say lightning in six i think florida I makes a series of it like i said because they're playing so much yeah um that's going to be a pretty interesting one. The final one, we're going to try and talk about it a little bit. Um, obviously, the West isn't really, you know, sealed at this point. At this point, by the time that we're recording, Colorado has two more games against the Los Angeles Kings. And if they win out, then they overtake Vegas for first place to play St. Louis. And Vegas would play Minnesota. If Colorado doesn't win out and Vegas wins the rest of their games... Then Colorado would be playing Minnesota, Vegas playing St. Louis. But why don't we just kind of do the hypothetical thing? I think that either way, I can't see either Vegas or Colorado losing against either Minnesota or or St. Louis. Um. So, yeah, I think St. Louis is automatically out. But I think – sorry, I can't speak right now. I think St. Louis will take it farther than people think. I think – six seven games to take them out like they're not going to go out without a fight but then minnesota colorado i think colorado can win minnesota vegas and then colorado minnesota i'm saying abs and six you know i would say that it is it is nice to have these meaningful games down the stretch because there is a clearer in my mind easier matchup right because i would say if i were either vegas or colorado now that I'm thinking about it, man, I would not want to play the Minnesota Wild right now. I think that they can really give no. either of those teams a run for their money. No, yeah, they've had a great season. That uh, one, two, and three, it was just those top three teams feasting on the bottom five or four, how many there are. But yeah, they it's been a, you definitely didn't want to match up with Minnesota in that first round if you're in that division. Yeah, this is what I mean, right? So, I mean... All right, so you heard it here first. We got our first round of playoff predictions out of the way. And I know that we're a little pressed for time at this point, so I do want to finish off on one thing. And this is a team that's going to be out of the playoffs, so far out of the playoffs, that they have finished dead last in the NHL because I cannot get over how bad this Buffalo Sabres organization has been. I was trying to think back to the Edmonton Oilers in the early 2010s. You remember, like, right before they got Taylor Hall and they still kind of kept losing year after year after year? I think that this is worse, what I'm seeing from Buffalo. That's a bold call, because I remember Edmonton was the joke of the entire sports, like, the big four in sports. Like, oh. no one should be getting the top, the first overall pick three years in a row. Yeah. But I, I kind of agree with you. Buffalo has been pathetic lately. They have all the pieces. How many times do we have to say it? They got the number one defenseman. They got the number one center. They got the supporting cast in the top six. How are they so fucking How, bad? It, it makes very little sense to me. And I mean, like, I can't, you can't blame it on one. That's why you have to look at the organization, right? Like, this is a team that didn't have, like, any assistant GM for months. This is a team that doesn't know... The team, like, the guy that's handling this, Kevin Adams is probably going to potentially be handling bit trades that could affect this franchise for decades, right? And I mean, like, I know that a lot of people have been... Like, I just want to talk to you about just, like, 
this they might have had the most depressing exit interviews I've ever seen from an NHL team. Like, you watch the exit interviews? Do you want to hear a couple quotes from Jack Eichel? Yeah, give yeah. them to me. So here's the first quote that he said. And again, this is all true. Like this was like two days ago and this was like a Buffalo sponsored exit interview. And this is what he said. He said, there's been a bit of a disconnect from the organization and between me and myself. It's been a tough few times. Right now, I think for me, the most important thing is just trying to get healthy and figure out a way to be available to play hockey next year, wherever that may be. So right away, you can tell that this guy doesn't have an interest. And you can tell why, because they talk about how Jack Eichel and his herniated disc were handled throughout the season by the Buffalo Sabres. So they talk about how they basically, he's insinuated that they forced him to play injured. And I think that's what's really pissed him off. Because when he talked about the injury, about like, do you think you could have sat out? Do you think you could have rehabbed a little bit longer? He said, it doesn't work like that. I wish. I'm under contract with this team and they definitely hold all of the cards on what I can and can't do. Yeah, I mean... That just sticks with you. It shows it shows their true colors if they just want you to dance monkey. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it's crazy because everyone thinks that trading Jack Eichel is almost like this foregone conclusion. And you have to understand, like, trading a guy like Jack Eichel, let's not forget if, with the exception of the greatest player that we've seen drafted in the past 15 to 20 years, he was the second overall pick. Right? Like, and at one point, he was actually competitive with Connor McDavid. Not everyone was, like, unanimous on him at one point. He really had the skills to overtake a guy like McDavid in the rankings. Of course, obviously, McDavid's the better player. That's been clear. But, man, this guy can turn a franchise Jack around. Jack Eichel and... is an amazing player. Like, th- this does yeah. not... His, his time in Buffalo almost doesn't do it justice. You just watch how he skates. Yeah. He skates like a damn gazelle he's got huge strides like he's a power skater you could jump on his back and it's not going to stop his stride and he's got a cannon of a release he can literally do it all there's no doubt he's the best player on that team there's no doubt they like he can turn it on and be the number one center on about 27 other teams in the league yeah and i don't know what his contract i think it's like a 9 million 10 million he's 10.5 that's a bargain that's a that's a bargain for a guy like Jack Eichel. Oh, for sure. And any team, every team wants to make that deal. Like, I want Habs in on and, that deal. Well, because this is what's interesting, right? What's so f- fascinating about pulling off a trade as monumental as something like Jack Eichel is there's really only a couple teams that can really be players in it. Because when you're looking at return of assets, I mean, I don't know a Canadian team that has the assets to get Jack Eichel. I don't know any Canadian team that has a young enough core, a good enough development prospect for Buffalo to get what they're looking for. Because at the same time, they have to go they have to go into a second rebuild. Their first rebuild that's lasted eight years hasn't worked, and they need to blow it up again. And it's crazy because you're thinking about it. There's only a couple teams that people are saying that can actually even get a guy like Jack Eichel. And the one that they keep talking about is the New York Rangers. And I think, regardless of what assets you would get, could you imagine the Buffalo Sabres trading Jack Eichel, not only within the division, but within the same state? They play him, like, six, seven times a year, every year, every, like, for the next eight, nine years. 
they'd get killed. Like, that organization would get destroyed. Do you think it's possible that Lafreniere is included in that package? Because that, that, I've heard that as well. I've heard uh, New York Rangers are, like, the the number one destination in terms of just what people are, are saying right now. I've heard also L.A. mixed in there also. But... um. LA mixed in there, yeah. I, I know that uh, the big piece, because I don't think that the Rangers are interested in giving up Lafreniere at this point, the big piece that I see here going the other way is that someone like Mika Zibanejad. Hmm. Who, objectively, you would think the value doesn't add up. But Zibanejad's played very well the past three seasons, right? Like, he's been their highest scorer, he's been their highest contributor... It wouldn't be enough. Obviously, there'd be additional pieces going back to Buffalo. Clearly, Eichel is, like, the better centerpiece. But that would be kind of the main one that they'd be looking for, plus more. I'm thinking, if I'm... I don't even know what a trade would look like, but I would want, like... If I were the Buffalo Sabres to go to the New York Rangers within my division, it would have to be Lafreniere, Zibanejad, and two firsts. I wouldn't take anything less. Lafreniere, no, I don't think you can add. I could say I could I could see Kako, um, Zibanejad, and two firsts, but probably not Lafreniere. First overall, yeah. but uh, I, I that's what I was thinking because last year people were already talking about that exact same deal, and it was definitely can't trade the first overall if you you haven't seen what he does. And Lafreniere, mm-hmm. he's looked good this year, but you don't know how much he has to offer. Like I mean, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but uh. Jack yeah. Eichel's a proven number one center. You know what you're getting. Yeah. Which is impossible. It's impossibly rare to find. Yeah. I'm uh, I, I'm so excited to see how that pl- plays out, too. Because this could, like, shift the end. That's a, that's a huge... Like, it's an immediate contender, whoever gets them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's just talk about Mika Zibanejad also, just for a second. Is that not the weirdest? Sure. Is he not the strangest player in the world? He goes for, like, seven-game stretches where he's literally unstoppable and gets, like... He had a nine-point game this season, or a seven-point game this season, and then he had another, like, yeah. six-point game the next game. It's, I find it so strange how he just, yeah, like... Yeah, isn't that weird? He goes zero for a couple games and then, like, blows up on a couple... He's literally the best player in the world some games. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, you see it, like, once every once every two months, I'm just, like, scrolling through the internet, and every once... Yeah, once every two months, I see a YouTube video. It's like, Mika Zibanejad scored five goals again? <laughs> yeah, like... it's just... It's so strange. <laughs> They gotta isolate what it is, like what he ate for breakfast that morning on those on yeah. those heavy scoring days, because he has potential. Oh man! And he had that yeah. season where he scored forty one goals in in like 50, 55 games, like Austin Matthews pace. Yeah, he he's played himself into a tangible asset, right? Which I think New York is gonna want because if if I'm the New York Rangers, I'm looking at a guy like Mika Zibanejad. I'm like, yeah, I saw your forty one goal season. Do I think that you can do this consistently? In Buffalo? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, God, could you imagine being the players going back? Like, what do you do? You know? Yeah, it's, it's just... terrible. <sighs> you gotta be... You gotta put on your work boots and get ready for the next couple of years of your life. Yeah. Oh, boy. What else do we want to talk about, Chris? Well... That's all I wanted to touch on. Um, oh, the... Uh, what the fuck's that guy's name? Lego? Kelly, what's who's Lego? What is he? Oh, uh, the uh, Premier of Quebec. Or... The Premier of Quebec said uh, 
said the Habs don't have enough Montreal don't have enough Quebec natives on the team anymore. And for the first time, we're gonna ice a team with no Quebec natives, and it makes him sad. I mean, I don't know what you want them to do. Like, like <laughs> yeah. think about think about like you had him, and then Druin's just like nowhere to be seen. Obviously, he's clearly going through something, but. You know. Yeah, and uh, have you so have he, you also yeah. asked French Canadian players if they want to play for the Habs? I'm pretty sure half of them are probably like, "Hell no, not, do I want to?" Not play? a fucking chance. Not and you in know, a that's million a million years. It's such a stupid thing to say for so many reasons, but just look like already that's been the downfall of this team: the fact that we we rely too heavily on like trying to get these uh, these Quebec natives. Like, do you think Bergevin makes that trade if? He's not a French Canadian for uh, totally. Sergeyev. Yeah. No, like, like I don't. I don't think he. I don't. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't think he pulls the trigger on that if Druin is an American. Like, why do they? I think he. Yeah. Why do they want it? So, like, why do they want French Canadian players so they can send them death threats in French instead of English? Like it. Like you know. What I yeah. Mean? Like, exactly. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> you know. Like I don't know. It's like the same. It's like the same thing with people from Ontario. You know, some people don't want to play for the Leafs. Right. It's it's a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. It's a nightmare. There's no way. Yeah. But yeah. Like, so I just thought that was a, a funny, funny thing to add in there because yeah. he has no idea what he's talking about. Well, if he but, if, um, if the Habs win against the Leafs, he's going to have to eat his words. <laughs> that he will. You have to. Well, we're already Timo. starting to uh, drag on here. I've got nothing left in the old brain machine that makes my mouth talk. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you know I think what? we wrap this one up. That's a pretty good way to wrap up. Like, I mean, you know what? We've gone through most of the playoff series. We'll be able to update you on how wrong we were about our predictions in a week's time. But uh, you know what? Until yeah, the... when, when are these playoffs starting? Does literally anyone know? Saturday. This Saturday. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's good. I didn't know there was an actual date. Oh, then, I do um... have one thing. Would you <laughs> Would you rather do literally anything else or watch the final fi- like four-game series between the Canucks and Flames while the playoffs are taking place? Oh my god, is that actually happening? Yeah, they're playing for draft positioning while the playoffs are happening. That is literally the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Both teams are like incentivized to lose. I know. They're they're literally incentivized to lose and not play any of their good players. Like it's yeah. just a joke. <laughs> it would just be the most I think it might be just like the most bummer of four games I would ever watch <laughs> in my entire life. Oh, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to report back. Could you imagine, just like, hold on, before we go, just like playing at like, you know, like the Saddle Dome, and then just seeing the scores of the playoff games on the Jumbotron while you're playing at the same time for like the playoff teams, and then there's just <laughs> you guys that are also there with nothing games? Yeah, that oh, just man. absurd. Okay, but, uh, well, um... Where, before we, where can they find us? Are we on TikTok? Oh, you can always find us on TikTok, baby. That's Line Brawl Pod. Um, that's all you got to type in. And I'm making fire content every day. Don't really understand yep. this TikTok algorithm. Yep. I have 7,000 followers, and my last post got 300 views. <laughs> what? What's up with that? What's up with that? So if you know TikTok, <laughs> tell them I said, what's up with that? This has been the Live Brawl Podcast. I will see y'all next week with Jimmy G, all eyes on me, Gantis. And, uh, yeah, that's me with Chris, Chris Town, USA. <laughs>
that's your okay bye everybody bye.